Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line by embracing behavioral economics. And now, here are your hosts, world-renowned thought leader on customer experience, Colin Shaw, and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University. From a customer experience perspective, are all customers important? Yes. But let's be real about this. There are some customers that are more important than others. There's the idea that the customer is king or the customer is God and, you know, customer is always right. And I, this idea of firing the customer pushes back on that and says, no, customers need to be held responsible for their behavior as well. You fired a customer, you know, why would you do that? And they basically said, because they started to get angry with one of our employees, I'm not prepared to accept that. And I thought, bloody hell, yeah, you know, that's absolutely right. Hi, this is Colin, and I wanted to ask you a favour. It would really help Ryan and I if you could spend a moment and complete a review of the podcast. Positive reviews help us get out to more people, and we love hearing from our listeners and seeing what people have written. So please, just take a moment and complete a review. Thanks very much for your help. So Ryan, I think everyone will know now, or our regular audience will know, that my sort of career was split into two bits. One was working in corporate life for most of my, my life. And then the second bit of the last 20 years has been when I set up Beyond Philosophy, looking into all this customer experience stuff and acting as a consultant. Why do I tell you that? Because it's interesting. When I was in corporate life, I never, ever thought I could fire a customer. Yeah? I never thought I could say to someone, I do not want you as a customer because I've always been a believer in customer experience at the beginning of my career I didn't realize that's what it was called but you know it just feels wrong doesn't it it, it feels like you should always you know if a customer wants to become a customer you should always accept them and if they're bringing in you know revenue then that's that's obviously you know the, the you should try to get in as much revenue as you can that's really the key to yeah isn't oh it? absolutely that, uh, if the purpose of a business is to generate revenue, generate profit, then how could you possibly be in the position of turning away somebody that wanted to give you money? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yep. And it's interesting. So since starting my own company 20 years ago, I then realized that actually there were some customers I didn't want. And we have fired customers or refused to work with, with some people. And we've done that mainly because we don't think they're serious. Yeah. So one of the questions we ask our clients at the very beginning is, are you serious? You know, because and my view is, if you're not, then it's not going to be successful. And I don't want to be associated with, you know, our, our name and reputation in the industry with something that's not successful. Right. So today we're going to talk about firing a customer. And we'll put a link to this in the show notes. 
So this was generated by, I read a, an article called Firing a Bad Customer in 2021, and we'll put a link to this in the show notes, by a guy called Frederick Reicheld. And, and if you don't know Frederick Reicheld, then I don't know where you've been, because he invented, effectively invented, uh, along with lots of other people, I'm sure, the Net Promoter Score. And prior to that, he'd written a number of books on customer loyalty. So Fred is a sort of a leading light in this area. And he wrote this article called Firing a Bad Customer in 2021. Uh, and as I read it, I thought, yeah, this is going to be a good topic to talk about. Therefore, um, here we are. So let me ask you, Ryan, what's your thoughts of firing a customer? Do you think you should? Do you think you shouldn't? What's the situations where you should? If you, any thoughts from your side? You absolutely should fire customers. There are a couple of different ways of looking at it. The, the simplest way is, you know, you and I talk a lot on the podcast about the 80-20 rule. The 80-20 rule is a simplification of the idea that there's a distribution on anything. So any, any particular metric you want to look at, everybody's not the same. There are people who are going to perform higher or lower on anything. And the 80-20 rule essentially says that many distributions are skewed, such that a small proportion of people generate the most revenue or the most profit or the most content, you know, kind of a lot of distributions look like that. The same is true with customers, right? So a lot of times there'll be a small group of customers that generate most of your revenue or most of your profit. The idea of firing your customers is looking then at the other end of the distribution. So within that 80 who are, are not making you most of your revenue, there's some at the very end who might actually be costing you money, right? So Whatever small amount of revenue they generate, they're taking up more employee time. They're they're complaining more. They're you know in, you know, turning off other potential customers for you, but they are they're costing you money. And so you should always be very clear eyed about the fact that it's not just revenue in from this particular customer. It's also your costs out in terms of servicing them. It's also the you know the the as you were mentioning the damage to your reputation that could be done by servicing them. So yeah, you should always be in the position to be willing to fire your customers if that's the right business move. And let me give you an anecdote that, that just to support exactly what you're saying. Um, I, I, I spent 20 years of my life working in a telecommunications company in the business to business part of the telecommunications company. You start off really sort of looking at the revenue that organizations are bringing in, and then you start to become, try to become sort of very customer focused with stuff. And what we discovered when we did that type of analysis that you were, you, you're just talking about there, which is the costs, what we found was that a lot of the customers who we had defined as our best customers were actually the customers who shouted the loudest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were actually just the most visible customers. Yeah. 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 And the most vocal customers and the customers that complained the most. And this gets to an interesting area. And effectively what we discovered was when a customer complained after sort of some investigation and stuff like that, we would add resource, you know, to overcome the problem. But we would never take that resource away again, you know. <laughs> and what we ended up with, we ended up in a situation where we had customers who were pulling in a, a decent revenue for us, but nowhere near the revenue they should be pulling in to warrant the resources that we had on them. Does, does, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. No, it, 
That sounds like a sad story that is probably very common. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Orson Welles wrote a really good book called Animal Farm. Was it Orson Welles? Uh, no, that okay. was George Orwell. Damn. Are you sure Orson Welles didn't write another book called Animal Farms or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> We've just stumbled into a Monty Python sketch. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Anyway, this very intelligent person that I, I constantly get their names wrong. <laughs> wrote I would really point good- out that George Orwell is a British author and I was... <laughs> And I think Orson Welles is an American film director. I don't know where that leads this call. I don't have a point. Anyway, there's a very good book written by someone. Yes. um, (laughs) Called Animal Farm. (laughs) And one of the things that they they put in there, which is all animals are equal, except some animals are more equal than others. Yes. And it's always struck me that is the same with customers. Yeah. So from a customer experience perspective, are all customers, are they important? Yes. But let's be real about this. There are some customers that are more important than others. Yeah. It was interesting when we were in the running, the, I was running contact centers and I tried to sort of implement a philosophy of if this phone rings with a certain tone, it's one of our most important customers and they therefore needed to be answered straight away, you know? And important at that point was just defined by the revenue. It wasn't defined by the the costs, as we we were saying. But the point is that there are, whichever industry you're in, there are going to be customers who are really, really important for you and actually gain you the biggest amount of profit as opposed to revenue. Yeah, And there are some customers that aren't as important. And this came to light for me when we do what we call a study tour, okay? So a study tour is where we take our clients to a number of different organizations who we see as being exemplars of custom experience. And we sit down with them and, and we effectively go into those organizations and get their senior managers to talk about what's happening and how they go about things uh, to inspire our clients to to go off and do things. So it's not just theory, it's practice as well. And one of the first times this came to light for me was we were doing this with the Mandarin Oriental Hotels who, who provide a really great customer experience. Sure, famously good. Yeah, yeah, really good. So when we were talking with them, the general manager at this hotel that we were at was talking about the fact that the day before they had to fire a customer. Okay, and I, I was sort of taken aback a bit because I'd, I'd only just set the company up at that point, and I was thinking, well, "You fired a customer, you know? You know why? Why did you do that? You know, you're sort of you're recognised for a great customer experience, uh, you know, and why would you do that?" And they basically said, "Because they started to get angry with one of our employees," and he said, "I'm not prepared to accept that." Yeah, and I thought, "Bloody hell, yeah, yeah," you know. That's absolutely right. You know, there are absolutely situations where you should not accept a customer if they are going to be abusive to an employee. I, I Sorry to rattle on about this. I'll let you have a word in edgeways in a moment. But it made me think of, um, I was watching YouTube the other day and I was watching a interaction, interaction makes it sound, very posh. I was watching <laughs> th- three women in the back of an Uber taxi. Yeah. yeah. Having a pop at the Uber driver. And I thought, 
why would you put yourself in that situation as a as an Uber driver? You know, is it really worth the money? You know, because they were just being so obnoxious to this guy, and I felt so sorry for him. And you you go, yeah, you know, they should be banned from the platform and stuff like that. And depending on which particular interaction you're referring to, there's a good chance that they have been. So Uber is, in fact, willing to fire customers and ban them from their platform for life, which is exactly what we're talking about. And what I particularly like about what Uber do, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but the customer rates the driver, but the driver rates the customer. Did you know that? Yeah. And I think it's a great feature. I I agree. Totally. Very much to this idea. Yeah, no, absolutely, because it then means that the driver can turn around and go, nah, that's got a one-star rating, I'm not going to go and pick them up. So, you know, in situations like that, if it's abuse of an employee, the other one that's obviously coming up recently is just about, and I don't want to get political about this, but about masks. Yeah. And, you know, companies having policy about wearing masks. And, you know, there's obviously been lots of cases where people say that they are not going to adhere to that policy and in my book if that's you know if you want freedom that's fine but freedom applies both ways that means that the the store can turn around and go no our customers need to you know to wear masks you know if they turn around and said they need to wear green hats every tuesday afternoon if they want to come in our store that's that that's their issue basically and and to the broader point that you're making there's really no excuse for you know, behaving uncivilly towards the employee correct, on the part of customers. And so, yeah, the, the idea that customers, you know, th- th- there's the idea that the customer is king or the customer is God and, you know, customer is always right. And I, this idea of firing the customer pushes back on that and says, no, customers need to be held responsible for their behavior as well. What is your digital or physical experience like from a customer perspective? What should you change? How do you compare against your competition? Whether you're a small, medium, or large size organization, why not let me or one of the team review your digital or physical experience by undertaking what we call an experience health check? In this short and affordable engagement, we will act as a customer. And if that's not practical, we will talk to your customers and we will assess your experience against best practice. We will then provide you with a series of actionable recommendations for change. If you're interested in finding out more, just go to beyondphilosophy.com backslash health check. That's beyondphilosophy.com backslash health check. There are a couple of points that you raised here that I think are worth emphasizing. I talked about the... Only two. Only two. And just, I'll be honest, just barely two. It's more like one and a half. Disappointed. I'm sure there was another one. (laughs) (laughs) Two for now. How about that? (laughs) Um, Two that were especially important. I started off this conversation by emphasizing the financial metrics for firing a customer. There are customers that just cost you money in the process of, of getting revenue from them. And those you should fire. And that just makes good financial sense. I'm glad you raised the non-financial metrics, right? There could be customers who are terribly profitable, but serving them just takes years off your life, you know, in extreme cases because they're abusive, but in other cases, just because they they just are exhausting, you know, and they're just terrible to work with. 
There's a post that I've seen several times, kind of a, a joke price list from graphic designers where like the first line says, I design everything and that's only $100. If I design, but you advise me, that's $300. <laughs> if if uh, you want to design it and I help you, that's $800. And it goes up and up and up to the point where it says, you design everything, that's the $3,000, right? So, and, and anybody like who's, who's, you know, consulted or worked with clients yeah. knows exactly what is being communicated yeah. with that price yeah. list. No, we, I have to tell you, we have that with our clients, no, <laughs> not like all clients. You know, we're going to run a training course that we've been running for 20 years and they want to go through every slide. And yeah. you think to yourself, yeah. I've been, you know, okay, give me some feedback. I'm, you know, not averse to some feedback, but, you know, you've employed us because we're experts in this subject. But there you go. <laughs> yes, I've, I've done keynote addresses where the client wants to hire me for my expertise and my ability to speak and then go through every slide beforehand and kind of micromanage that transaction. And, yeah, it's painful. And so, you know, these are other cases where it is worth determining, you know, even if this is profitable for us, it's just, it's damaging to my soul. And so not worth it. So that's one point that you raised that I think is really important. And again, it, abuse is at the extreme end of this. So I, I agree, like companies to have policies in place of, of immediately finding customers who are abusive to their employees, I think is good all around, good for your employees and ultimately good for customers who have to learn painful lessons about treating people with respect. The other thing that you raised, which is related to the idea of firing customers, is it doesn't have to be that extreme either. When you talked about reallocating your resources and not all customers being equal, the extreme version of that is actually firing the customer and, and getting rid of that. The less extreme version of that is just reallocating your time and attention to the customers that are the most profitable and the most pleasant to work with, right? And so that you're not actually letting customers go at that point, but you are kind of rationalizing your time or allocating your time optimally for business outcomes and then also for employee welfare. So uh, both of these ideas are similar. I, I consider firing your customer to be just kind of on one end of that continuum or extreme. But it's um, it's a, a better way to run your business. It shouldn't be that the squeaky wheel always gets the grease in terms of your your customer attention. It should be that your most profitable customers get the most care and attention. And if those are also the ones that are the best to work with, then by golly, you really need to keep them happy. So you've got customers who are sort of really quite high margin, but quiet and don't inflict pain upon you by <laughs> yes. taking all the resource that they need. Okay. And the danger is, is that you ignore them, you know, and you focus on the ones that are shouting the loudest, but who are causing the, the problem. And the danger is, is that you lose focus on the ones that you should be paying attention to. I think the other area that I'd like to raise about firing a customer, and I have no evidence of this whatsoever, but here's my belief. My belief is that Amazon must have some form of algorithm that they use for when people are, are giving back returns. They do, in fact. Do they? Yeah. There you go. I, I recently wrote a, an opinion piece on this for Journal of Retailing, and, and we did some research looking into um, some of these. Yeah, so 
it's it's actually a fascinating area. Um, we could probably talk about it on an episode. Just set the scene, mate, because I, I, I presume we're talking about the same things, uh, you know, because we, ha- we have a friend that will order something and then we'll send it back and they will say the product was faulty or whatever. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I don't do that because I'm sure they'll have an algorithm that will pick up the fact that I return one in every 10 products or something like that. So Amazon is big enough that they have so much data and so many customers are repeat customers that, yeah, they can, they have created, you know, profiles of people. And so obviously returns are a part of the business, but people, it's the 80, 20 rule. Again, it's a tiny fraction of people who return excessively and yeah, Amazon has actually, there have been news stories about it where Amazon has fired customers. They've blocked them from the site because they return excessively. And there are firms now that are starting to aggregate data across retailers. So it may be that you could get banned from another website if you return excessively at Amazon. I don't know that Amazon would share data with anybody else, but you get the point. So yeah, this absolutely and particularly as we move into that more digital space, then people should be able to to understand that or need to understand that that's happening because, as, as you say, they're gathering the data. Yeah, and also to this to the same point, for some of these super high-profile cases where Uber has banned somebody, sometimes like Lyft has then banned those same customers as well because of the way that they behaved on Uber, right? So, And you'll hear airlines sometimes sharing data about passengers who've been banned from their airlines. And so, yeah, the idea that customers can, you know, behave terribly and it won't follow them, you know, those days may be coming to a close as well. Yeah. The other sort of high profile example, again, without getting political, is obviously Donald Trump yeah. being banned from um, the various different social media platforms and, uh, and other people after January 6th. And again, it's interesting the way that organizations have then set themselves up because as you're no doubt aware, Facebook have got this uh, independent group that will review different cases if they've, you know, of people that have been banned to determine whether they should be accepted back as a customer uh, or not. The last example I wanted to share with everybody was, it was actually the bank that we use in the UK. And they went through a repositioning of their I wouldn't say a repositioning of their brand, but a repositioning of the type of customer that they wanted. Yeah. So they basically started to say, okay, well, actually, we will only accept customers that have got a threshold of X amount of salary, et cetera. And over a period of years, that had gradually declined. And I think what ended up happening was that they realized that, you know, now they were moving out of their most profitable market. So they ended up closing a number of customers' banking accounts because they didn't meet that new segmentation and criteria of the type of people that they wanted because they were being very deliberate about, you know, we want this type of person that's earning this type of money that's got this type of financial background, and we don't want every Tom, Dick, and Harry in there. Yeah, and that that can be painful, and that can result in a lot of bad PR, at the same time, that may just be what the business model demands. Yeah. And again, not going to go into it today, but you then get into the whole area of how do you do that? <laughs> you know, how do you fire a customer? And for me, just the headlines of that for me would be you have to be open and honest. You have to be transparent and you have to stick to your guns. 
because if you don't do any of those things, then you you know you are going to uh, have problems. And the transparency, people may not like it, they may not want to hear it, but you you just have to you know calmly reiterate what the issue is and why you're making this decision. And undoubtedly, people won't like it, but you know that's life basically. Okay, so let's get into our usual bit of practical tips. Any thoughts or recommended tips of of what what people should do when looking to think about whether they should fire a customer? I mean, we've talked several times on the podcast about focalism bias, um, the idea that that what's in front of us tends to get the most weight, the most attention, and revenue, profits, these things can be very salient. Um, it's hard to kind of get around that. And then some of the the hidden costs, like how much time are employees devoting to this particular customer, those can be harder to pull in relative to the the actual dollars that we see coming into our, our bank accounts. I would encourage people to take a fuller accounting of things and include not just the stuff that's easy to articulate and enumerate, but also some of the stuff that's more difficult, like the emotional costs of interacting with a customer, any kind of abuse is it the type of customer that your employees just hate to get a call from, just cringe every time they see their their name pop up on the caller ID. It may be time to, to start reconsidering that and seeing if, if it's possible for you to move away from the, of those types of customers. I'd like to throw in a couple of other things because you made me think about something else. In that situation, let's be very clear. You've got a customer that's calling in and, and you go, oh, it's that customer again and you know, I don't want them. I don't want to talk to them. We are not saying fire them. <laughs> yeah. What we are saying is there's clearly an issue there. And you've got to start to talk about it. And then there is, you know, there are clearly steps that you would need to to go through for which one of them would be for me is you've got to talk to the customer because they are clearly not getting the most out of you if you're feeling that way about them. So you've got to have a sensible, calm conversation with the customer. And it's a bit like in soccer, you know, there's sort of yellow card and red card for getting sent off that type of gradient should apply. I don't know how many steps there are, but there are clearly steps that you need to go through before you end up firing a customer. The only other practical bit of advice I would I would want people to think about is think about all the costs you're spending on this customer. Think about what your purpose is. So a bit like the banking example, you know, what are you trying to do And not all of your customers, going back to what Ryan said at the beginning, you know, that that sort of 80-20 rule, not every customer should be a customer. You need to go back to sort of first principles, I guess is what I'm trying to say, and try to clearly articulate the type of customer that you do want and the type of customer that you don't want, yeah? And don't get yourself into the situation where you're just accepting anybody because actually some of those customers that you are accepting are going to end up costing you more money and more hassle than they're actually worth. And therefore, think of those things and follow through on those things. So 
Hope that's been of use. The good news is that we don't want to fire any of our podcast listeners. Except for you, Steve. (laughs) You know who you are. (laughs) Yeah, we don't like anyone with the name of Steve. (laughs) Not all Steve's, just the one Steve. He knows who he is. Is that Steve with a S-T-E-V-E-N or P-H-E-N? I'll, I'll be honest, Colin, I hadn't given very much thought to this joke before I said it, so I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> you can see our segmentation's really good, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, thanks very much for listening, and we look forward to talking to you next week. Except you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Just as a reminder, please could you complete a review of the show and that would really help us. Thanks very much. This has been The Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast to find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast. And we'll talk with you next time on The Intuitive Customer.